I think sometimes when we're creating, we can tend to, to think, okay, let me take this piece of what I enjoy from this person and this aspect of their personality and, and sort of morph ourselves into this split version of about five people that we admire, right? We've all done it. And what are you missing when you're trying to be the split version of, of other people that you admire? So stop trying to be a, a replicated version of someone else. And I will tell you, it changed the way I speak. It changed the way I write. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then Queen, we have a few questions to ask and a few conversations to have. I am your host, Liv Dooley, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some of the women who inspire me to fall more deeply in love with the Word of God and walk in integrity in new ways every day. I am so grateful that you're here. Let's go on and get to work. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I am so incredibly grateful that you are back for yet another episode, another conversation here at The Best Kept Secret. As you already know, we have been talking about what it means to live with integrity so that we can lead others to the Lord. And so much of that encompasses how we answer our calling and how we view it, particularly in perspective of eternity, which is what we are going to be talking about today. And I hope you have enjoyed these conversations that we have really been dealing with the subject of calling because my goodness, our guests have been so full of wisdom and insight and today is every bit as good. I am excited to introduce you to our guest because she is an absolute delight and it was a pleasure to talk with her. But first, y'all, I want to ask you what scriptures and where in the Bible you go for encouragement about your eternal perspective and even more about your calling in this present moment. I have to tell you that I love the Bible and this is nothing new to you, but as you may or may not know, I meet a lot of different people in ministry here in Las Vegas. I have the opportunity and the incredible honor to serve with a ministry here that helps women to experience recovery in Christ from drug addiction and human trafficking and all other kinds of traumatic issues. And when I went this past time, a couple of months ago to minister, I was talking with one of the women and she shared how much she disliked the Old Testament and how she just didn't want to read it. You know, we've all encountered issues within the Old Testament, particularly as it relates to women. I mean, it, you just read through Judges, you can see how incredibly 
far the Israelites had gotten from the Lord in the way that they treated women. However, I want to remind you that that was never the Lord's intention. And he continues to redeem women and require men to hold women in esteem. And I am so grateful for that. I mean, on the heels of Judges, we get to read the book of Ruth, which is such a beautiful, book about how the Lord chooses to move through two women who society had every reason to forget. But we would be remiss if we were to stop there and to think that that is one of the only places that God redeems women and the perspective that we are to have of women's work and women's worth in the Bible. We all love to go to Proverbs 31, and I do enjoy that. We'll reflect on a few of those verses in a couple of moments. But, you know, I wanted to encourage you to pick up First and Second Samuel if you are looking for encouragement about how to do the thing, about how to, you know, truly set out to answer your calling. Because I find over and over again, the Lord uses the writers of Samuel to truly help us see just how much he enjoys partnering with women. I mean, these two beautiful books, originally written as one, start off with his call to a woman. And the son that she births changes the trajectory of history among the Israelite kingdom at this time. But I mean, y'all... <laughs> He chooses to redeem the image of women and their calling from the very beginning of these books. And then he continues to do that as we meet additional women throughout the texts. Hannah is not the only woman that we meet who has an incredible purpose and call in her life. And I want you to know that it's one that she continues to fulfill after Samuel is born as well. That's not the last that we hear of her. She has incredible influence on this little man of God's life. And that is an important calling in itself. But we also meet other women like Abigail, the wise woman from Tekoa, and even Bathsheba, whom the Lord redeemed and really did a mighty work through in ways that you may have overlooked as I once did as we move into the book of First Kings. Our God is a good God. He's a faithful God. And he is the God who is for us. Can we just take a moment and reflect on a few passages from Proverbs 31? Verse 30 says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her work bring her praise at the city gate. Mm. That, that is good. It's that time, y'all. My co-hosts, Tanya, are back again with another woman you should know. Yes, and I am so excited to find out who we're talking about today, Liv. Let me know, because... I love this portion of the show. It's so beautiful finding out about these women of God 
and the work that they're doing and the ministries that they're leading. So who are we talking about today? Girl, today I am excited to introduce everyone to Dr. Avril Osilian Similian. She has a beautiful website that is at flowtopower.com. And I love the acronym for flow. It stands for faith, love, obedience, and worship. That's that's so beautiful. That is that's the essence of Christianity right there. It really is. You know, I just love studying worship. And if we are going to worship Lord in spirit and in truth, we already know it's absolutely impossible to do that without faith, love, and obedience. So I love that Amen. she incorporates all of these together. She's doing some really, really cool things in the writing space as well. She has written for Proverbs 31 Ministries before, mm -hmm. as, as well as participated as a social media contributor for Compel Training, which is a Christian writing organization with Lisa Turkers. So it's just amazing hey. work that she's doing. Okay, that is awesome. And you know what? I read actually quickly just looking at her information she holds a doctorate in leadership and organizational learning like that is huge and it's so beautiful that she's using all her skills her education to like advance the kingdom like both within and outside the church walls I know sometimes as women we feel like conflicted or like pulled apart like we can't use our professional strengths or our know-how, our professional know-how in the work of the kingdom or in God's work. And I just love that she's been able to, to marry the two for the work of God. I know that she must have so many powerful initiatives and so much powerful information to share. So I can't wait actually to get connected to her and to check out flowtopower.com. Absolutely. When y'all get connected, you're going to see beautiful pictures of her family and inspiring posts. So we're going to link everything in the show notes. And I hope that you get connected to this woman you should know. There is nothing like getting connected to new women in the kingdom who can truly just encourage and inspire you to keep going. And we need that. So I am also excited to introduce you to Rebecca George today. Rebecca is the founder of Radical Radiance, a podcast community where listeners are equipped to blend what they love with the Jesus who makes them shine. She is a podcaster, speaker, and author whose greatest joy in life is discipling others to pursue their passions in a way that builds the kingdom. In her free time, you can find her running outside, writing, or trying a new recipe with Garth Brooks playing in the background. You can connect with Rebecca on IG at Rebecca George Author or at RadicalRadiance.live. Now, please help me welcome Rebecca George to the best kept secret. 
Y'all, I am so excited to get into this conversation. Today, we are talking to Rebecca George, who is the author of the new book, Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl. Rebecca, how are you today? Mm, Liv, I'm so excited to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about our conversation. I got more and more excited the more that I read your book. I was like, and I am really looking forward to talking about the content with you today. How excited are you that it's about to come? Oh my word. It's live. It's nuts. I have dreamed of sharing this message for probably about 10 years, which I mean, those of us who do creative things like this, you know, you know, it takes a while to birth something like this into the world. And so, you know, I, I lovingly call this book, my, if I got hit by a bus book, like if I got hit by a bus and I didn't get to write another book, what would that one message be that I would want to share with women? And it's this, it's how do we see our gifts and talents from a gospel centered perspective? And I, um, I'm just so so excited that God opened the door and and allowed the opportunity for it. And so I, I could not be more excited. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a timely message for this particular time of the Mm. year. It's a timely message for where we are as just the body of Christ and how important it is to step out to, Mm. you know, just keep everything, keep everything centered on the Lord as we grow in boldness and Mm -hmm. really act with integrity on what he has called us to do. You know, there are so many women here who are ministry leaders, nonprofit leaders, and who are just doing all of the things. And we know, we know that, you know, we should wait. We tell other people the benefits of waiting. We know that we should have faith. We tell other people, all you need Mm. is the faith the size of a mustard seed. And yet there are times where we ourselves need those same messages because we find ourselves rushing and, you know, really doing the opposite. This Mm. season, we are looking at what it means to live with integrity. And I want to ask you, you know, what does it look like to live with eternity in our hearts Mm. so that we can just exercise greater faithfulness in every Mm. area that we hope to encourage others in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes, Liv, we think about things like calling and purpose and they're, they're such big words, right? And so we feel so overwhelmed and almost afraid that we're going to miss it, that we, that, and myself included, I'm pointing my finger right back at myself. We don't tend to look to scripture to, to think, okay, what does God actually say about my calling, my purpose, why I'm here on this side of, of heaven in this sin-stained world, trying to make God known and build his kingdom. Like, how do I make sense of that? Right. And so we see this, this scripture, it always stuck with me that he set eternity in our hearts. Right. And, and I love that phrase. And as a follower of Christ, you know, we have such a promise of of our eternity with him in heaven and, and such 
excitement ahead of us, but what do we, what do we do now? How do we glorify him and make much of him this side of heaven? And, and so we see scriptures like the book of Ephesians that says that we're his, we're his workmanship and he's created good works for us to do long before we were born. And so there's, there's these pieces out in scripture that we, that we see, but I think sometimes, and I don't know about you and cause we don't know each other's stories yet, but I grew up in the church, right? I memorized that scripture in Ephesians when I was probably eight years old and I've, I've known it all my life, but what about like on a Tuesday when I'm discouraged or on a Thursday when I really just want to quit? right? How do I keep an eternal perspective? And, and I think that is, that is where we have to start. That's the foundation of the conversation, because if we don't have our hearts fixed on him, if our eyes are not focused on him, then it's very easy to look to the world, to see what the world says about our calling and our purpose. And that Honestly, live is kind of the crux of this message for me, because I think if I look across the last decade or so of books that I have seen come out in this space of calling and purpose, I see a lot of messages that got me real excited, maybe, or got me real fired up about, you know, doing something with courage or boldness, which, which we see a case for that in scripture, right? but my heart was not fixed on Jesus. Yeah. And so if I have no other hope for this book, it is how do we take things like comparison, acting with courage, envy, all of the real things that we actually experience as, as women, as followers of Christ, as we live out our calling, how do we see those in a biblical way Right. And, and I don't think the message has any less oomph than some of those books that I've read, but I just, my prayer is that it's focused in the right way. So, so to your question, that's actually where the message starts of focusing our hearts on him and having that eternal perspective about our calling. That's, that's sort of the ground level foundation of where we're headed in this message. And so you know, my husband told a story the other day, and I'm thinking of this as as we're talking about it. He heard this illustration about a trapeze artist. And this trapeze artist was talking to someone who's asking him all these questions about how in the world do you have the courage to do what you do, right? Like, how do you, how do you just free fall jump on, on that trapeze and, and do all of this this creative work on, on that thing. And, and he said, you know, my job, you know, I'm the flyer. That's really all I do. The ropes, the trapeze, like they, they do the work for me and the catcher really does the work for me. I just, I just have to jump. I just have to be faithful. If I, if I try to, to reach towards my catcher on the other side and I try to, to strive to get to him sooner or more quickly than, you know, the air can take me really bad things are going to happen. But if I am just willing to jump and I'm willing to do my job, do it well with my eyes in the right direction, beautiful things happen. 
and, and I move in the right direction. And so I think of that illustration a lot. And, and I think that's where we have to start right with an eternal perspective. And so, um, so I love that that's where we're starting our conversation today. Yes. Yes. I thought that that was so impactful because it can feel incredibly overwhelming to Mm. just, you know, think of all the things that we feel that are before us. And Mm -hmm. it is so easy to fall into that trap of comparison. You know, you shared a story about how when you were first stepping into ministry, you began to actually recognize that you were starting to kind of clone some of the ways that Mm. you shared the message that the Lord had given you, uh, you know, in accordance with those whom you admired. How do we, you know, ensure that we are doing that through the unique personalities that he's given Mm. us instead of getting caught up in those comparisons and some of that behavior that leads us to clone others? Yes. Oh, I love this conversation. And I think it matters so much, particularly in the work that we do, right? As speakers, as podcasters, as writers, creators. And and that's the beauty of the kingdom of God, right? I, we've been talking for 17 minutes. And Liv, I can already tell you're an incredible interviewer. Thank you. You, you have a completely different set of people that you are serving than I do, right? And that's beautiful, right? Like you have your space in the kingdom that you are building and cultivating. And so do I. And so what I don't want to say is that, you know, we can't be coachable and learn from others because that's a beautiful part of refining and growing and all those things. Those are all good and right. And we should do those things. However, I think sometimes when we're creating, we can tend to to think, okay, let me take this piece of what I enjoy from this person and this aspect of their personality and, and sort of morph ourselves into this split version of about five people that we admire, right? We've all done it. Yeah. And, and so the thing that the Lord really challenged me on is, Rebecca, I have given you a unique voice for my kingdom, right? I have given you a set of unique gifts and talents. And for every listener coming to this episode and and hearing my voice right now, the same is, is true for you, right? It's different than mine. It's different than Liv's. And what are you missing when you're trying to be the split version of of other people that you admire rather than the Rebecca, the live, the, the listener that I created and crafted you to be. That version of you is the version that will most effectively build my kingdom, right? So stop trying to be a, a replicated version of someone else. And I will tell you, it changed the way I speak. It changed the way I write. And I mean, even today, Liv, I'm speaking to a group of women tonight and almost every time I have to fix my eyes on that reminder before I get up to speak and just say, Lord, I I, I don't, I am not on that stage. You are speaking through me. Let it be your words out of my mouth. And, um, you know, I, and so I, I say that to say, if 
it's still a struggle a year from now. Like that's still something we surrender to the Lord sometimes daily, right? Especially doing again, what we do. And so I just think it matters as we move forward that we begin to discover, and it's a journey who God crafted and made us to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is a daily surrender sometimes. My uh, goodness. You know, and I think that there is a quote out there that says, you know, I believe it's the highest form of respect or something like that, you know, it, mm. it, um, it's basically copying someone else's behavior. And so there are times when we're looking and we're like, oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> But we don't want to dismiss what God has given us. So that was such, I just love how you brought that story out because I was like, there have definitely been some times where I have attempted to clone others through what I've shared or, you know, through the ways that I've said it. But you just mentioned surrender and, mm. you know, there was a significant portion where you helped the readers to recognize that there is a link between striving, between burnout. I feel like we get caught up in some of that striving when we're comparing, when we're looking at others. But you continue to encourage us to live a life of surrender and submission. So can you help mm. us just really learn what it looks like all over again? Because sometimes, as you just mentioned, this is a daily surrender uh, to choose that instead of striving. Yeah, I'll I'll start by saying that every personality test I've ever taken has given me the results of some form of an achiever, right? So it is deep in my bones, this, this sin struggle of striving and achieving my way into X, Y, or Z. It's a battle I've fought my whole life. I can, and, and as I talk about in the book, which you probably read the story, I, the roots of that run very deep for me. And so that said, it's been a huge area of transformation in my own life. And I think if we're honest as women who create or would consider ourselves a go-getter girl, that's probably something that we have struggled with from time to time. And man, what makes me take a deep breath just to start with, again, the foundation of the striving conversation for me is my identity in Christ, right? I. I'm wholly blameless and above reproach in the eyes of God. I get to serve him every day and build his kingdom. He chooses to use me, us, but he doesn't need me to accomplish his purposes, right? And so sometimes I have to remind myself, Rebecca, it's it's a struggle that has been a struggle since the Garden of Eden, right? Like we think back to when the serpent tempted Eve with the fruit and, and essentially at the heart of that was, do you want more knowledge? Do you want to be like God? And we've been doing the same thing ever since with striving. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's this aspect of God's character that blows me away and I'm so thankful for. And it's this idea that he is limitless right? He is in all of his ways. He is sovereign. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's our incredible heavenly father. He does not have limits. 
but I do. And that's the transformational truth that I have to point myself back to pretty much daily, right? Even yesterday, I was looking at my week and thinking about everything that I have to do and where, where am I going to carve out time to spend with the Lord and and just sort of laying out my week. And, and I started feeling just sort of anxious and, and God pointed me back to that passage in Philippians 4 of be anxious for nothing, turn to me and, and, and surrender those anxious thoughts to me. And, and I had to do that afresh yesterday. Right. And so again, I think sometimes we, we think about our journey with the Lord and, and we think, okay, it's this one-time decision that we make, but in, in fact, surrender and this conversation that we're having has to happen daily, sometimes multiple times a day for us to be able to fix our eyes on him. And, and why it's because we're imperfect and we have limits. And sometimes we think we don't and, and we live as if a different reality is true. And so I think focusing ourselves on who he is gives us a lot more wisdom in, in our own limits and our own boundaries and our capacity. That's what you said about just recognizing that we are not limitless, that we are limited can be so freeing. I am so grateful that you brought it up. For me, it's even one of those things that helped me to keep everything with that eternal perspective that you Mm -hmm. speak about, because it's like, whoa, he's got this. (laughs) Just as you mentioned, you know, he doesn't need me. But he's so gracious and he's so kind. And so, ladies, I do hope that you feel the freedom to just surrender that striving before him as often as you need because he is limitless. But we, we have limits. There is a chapter within your book that you really help us to identify some of the people that we need in our corner. Some of the people that will help us to remind ourselves, you know, that we are living with um, eternity in our hearts, that we are in a constant pursuit of this beautiful surrender before the Lord. Can you share Mm -hmm. who some of those people that we need in our corner are? Sis, it is time for you to start communicating confidently about God's truth, and I am here to help you do that. Whether you want to begin launching your own podcast or you want to recognize your areas of strength and the opportunities of growth you have, you can find a variety of resources in the show notes below as well as at liveduly.com. It's there that you can access the seven podcasting essentials that I cannot do without, as well as the confidence quiz that I've prepared just for you. Now, go be great. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I I just don't think we're meant to do this Christian life alone, right? We see such a case for community and the need for that in scripture. And, you know, I think walking out of this pandemic that we've found ourselves in for the last few years, we've been so isolated. And so as we, as we move forward and whatever this new normal is, I know I find my heart just craving community and connection and, and that sometimes means different things in our lives. Right. And so 
one of the people that I know that we need so badly, I know I need is an encouraging cheerleader, right? There are people in my life who it it wouldn't matter what I am am going through or or walking through with the Lord. They would be an encouraging cheerleader for me. And I, we need that as followers of Christ, right? And I also know as a creative, as a go-getter girl, there are people in my life that I need to just like call me out on my stuff, or I need them to look at my work with a critical eye, right? I talk in the book about how one of those people in, in a sense, and of course he's an encouraging cheerleader to me, but he is my husband. My husband is an English major. He and he and he's also a pastor. And so one of the greatest gifts to me is having him look at something and say, like, am I am I off base in what I'm saying there? Or could I word that better? Right. And and what a gift it is to have that in him. And we all need those types of people in our lives as go-getter girls. And so, so yeah, I, I spend a little bit of time in the book talking about several people that you know, I think sometimes there's just value in stepping back and seeing the place in which people stand in our lives, right? And and even recognizing them for that, right? Like there's power in saying to a friend, "Hey, I just want I just want to say out loud that you are an encouraging cheerleader in my life," and that's a valuable piece of how you show up in the world and glorify God. And that's a gift that he's given you as my friend. And I just want to recognize that in you and call out the gift that that is to me. And so I think there's power in identifying it for ourselves because then we have an opportunity to praise God for what he's given. And then I think there's there's also power in saying it out loud. And so I hope more of that happens as we as we walk through it together. Yes, yes, definitely. Ah, this has just been the tip of the iceberg. Your book has so many practical steps and it has so many areas for each and every one of the readers to get really specific about mm. what they feel the Lord is calling them to and what the next steps are and how to flesh all of that out. And I really, really appreciated that. But ladies, we didn't talk about that because y'all need to go get Aww. this book. My goodness, it will really help you to walk out what it means to be a go-getter girl with new boldness. And I pray that you check it out. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about this book before you share where we can find it and all the things? Oh man, Liv, I appreciate you so much. I'm so thankful for our time today. And yeah, I just, I pray that as we begin to really identify, hey, this is how God has wired me, has gifted me with talents and and gifts, and and here's how I use them for his glory. You know, I've I've been praying, you know, the, throughout this whole process for my reader and just thinking through, you know, my hopes and my dreams for them. And and I hope whether it's enduring in a calling that you already have or it's starting a new business or it's getting involved in a ministry or running a marathon, who knows, like whatever it is that God calls us to, I cannot wait to hear 
what God does as we all move forward and take steps together um, towards what God would have for us this year in 2023 and and beyond. And so I, more than anything, I'm excited to see how God just uses his word to transform us in this area, because I know it was such a need in my own life. And so I pray that it's transformational in others, but, but yes, I, I cannot wait for it to be in our hands. It comes out April 4th. And by the time this airs, you and I talked a little bit before we recorded, there are some really fun things that we are giving away to people who decide to pre-order the book and join the launch team, which will be happening as people are listening to this episode. And so when you pre-order the book and visit dothethingbook.org, you can sign up for the launch team and I'm gifting members of my launch team a 30-day devotional called Your Gifts, His Glory. Mm-hmm. It talks about a lot of the topics that we talk about in the book, but from the perspective of, of me and 29 of my other friends who wrote for this devotional, so I'm excited about that. There's an audiobook version of the devotional narr- narrated by me that we're gifting to you, a quiz that's called How Well Do I Know My Calling? that will help you identify areas that maybe you can work on as you go through the book. And we're also doing a Spotify playlist of just really worshipful music that you can enjoy and listen to as you commute to your job or you are on your way on a run, whatever, um, and you're walking through the book as well. And so we're just going to have a blast over there in the launch team celebrating what God is doing in us as we walk through the material. And I just hope and pray that those resources encourage you as well. Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. And I can't wait to get my hands on this Mm. devotional as well. Oh my goodness. I am going to make sure that I head out and get all the things. I have a couple of people here within our community that years ago, we released a book called um, My Story, His Glory. Oh, I love that. Just what you said, you know, about this devotional sounds so beautiful and makes me feel all the nostalgia. Mm, I love (laughs) that. Looking forward to seeing what you guys have written and just being encouraged even further because my goodness, y'all, I'm telling you, if you feel any overwhelm, this book is truly going to help you really step out and understand what your next right thing your next practical step is and my goodness we all need that we all need community as well to help us just identify what those things are and continue to grow in those as we celebrate one another so please 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 make sure that you get connected to rebecca rebecca before we head out can i ask you a few secrets please oh i'm excited (laughs) The first thing that I want to ask is, you know, in this fast-paced society, in this society where we do get caught up striving quite a bit, as you've already spoken to, what are some of those things, some of those rhythms, or even the things that you're including in your space that just help you to remember to slow down? Ooh, who for an achiever, this this has to be an intentional act for me. I don't stumble upon rest. I have to force myself into it. And so a couple of things that have helped me, one is finding a day of the week where I don't have to set an alarm and I don't just get up when my body first wakes me up, you know, wakes me up in the morning. I will just sort of lay around for a while. That really forces me into like the world isn't going to stop spinning on its axis because I don't get out of bed till 8 a.m., you know? 
It's just not. And so, so that's one, a second one. And this is, this isn't overly spiritual at all or anything like that. It's just something that I take so much joy in these days is reading fiction. Mm -hmm. I typically historically have read a lot of nonfiction and it, it was really hard for me to, I don't know, I guess get lost in a story enough to you know, finish a fiction book for many years. And when I started writing nonfiction, a person, a, a friend gave me the advice of um, that it was helpful to read fiction as you're writing nonfiction because it continues to just develop your vocabulary and sort of help your brain, a different part of your brain rest and just enjoy the craft of writing in an, a whole new way. And so I will say reading a chapter of fiction before I go to bed at night has helped me a lot to just slow down and just savor um, a story just for the sake of reading it, which sounds really elementary and simple, but to an achiever, sometimes it's hard to slow down enough to even enjoy that. And so I have, I have loved that lately. Uh, that is special. I'm going to have to do that. As well. Yeah, girl, get you some fiction. Yes. Have you now this is a really, really old book. I believe it came out in the 20s or so. But have you ever read or heard of a book named Rebecca by Daphne <gasps> du Maurier? Okay. One of it's one of my husband's very favorite books. He bought it for me. Obviously, my name is Rebecca. And yeah. so um, I, I hate to admit that I have not read it yet. <laughs> it is in a box. We just moved. And I just the other day, I thought I need to find that book. So <laughs> I'm going to find it and I'm going to read it. Yes, yes. It's one of my all-time favorite books. And it's also an excellent movie. I mean, it's black and white and everything. But yeah. It is phenomenal. So okay. that is fun. So y'all, if you're looking for any good fiction reads, I definitely recommend it. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. My next question for you is... Um, you know, I'd like to ask what other than other than the book release is bringing a smile to your face lately? Oh, man, that's an easy answer for me. So we just moved to East Tennessee. My husband and I served at a church in South Mississippi for the first several years of our marriage, which was about nine hours away from from East Tennessee, which is where my entire family and basically my whole life is. And so we have just found so much joy in being back closer to our friends and family and also just the beauty of East Tennessee, no matter what day it is of the year, but particularly in the fall and the winter as the leaves are turning and just the beauty of the mountains in the first couple of snows of the year we've got to experience in the last couple of weeks. And so that has just been a breath of fresh air for us in the last several months is um, not just enjoying the community and family and friends that we have here, but just the beauty of East Tennessee. Oh, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. I hope that you guys make many beautiful memories there. In oh, thank home. you. Would you be so kind as to close us out in prayer? You've been so generous with your time and so encouraging. I just want to thank you for being here with us today and uh, ask you if you'd close us out in prayer. I would love to live. God, we thank you so much for this time that we've had to share together today talking about um, 
just focusing ourselves on you and who you are and as a result, what that means for us. And God, I just pray that you would empower us by your spirit as we move forward and we read and we take next steps and all of these things that um, it would be by your strength and by your power, not out of a, a root of striving or any of the things that we talked about, but God just centered on you and, and taking those steps of faith. God, I pray that you would not only reveal those to us, what is next for us and how we most effectively build your kingdom, but that you would empower us by your strength to actually do the thing. And And I pray that as a result of this conversation and, and what we read and what we see in your word, that things would be started, that businesses would be planted, that people would get involved in their local churches, that even no matter how small or big the thing is, God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness and the confidence centered in you to take those next steps. And God, we thank you for the opportunity to serve you and build your kingdom and make you known this side of heaven. And and I pray that just that would happen as a result of this podcast episode. And and God, I thank you for Liv and, and her gift for communication and and I pray that you would continue to bless this ministry, this podcast. And um, God, I just thank you for it. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. It is always so nice to spend a little quality time with you. Now, if you have a moment more, would you please head over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, or Spotify and leave a rating and review. It would truly help other women find this content. And I really would be very grateful. In between time, I am at Candid Live and Tanya is at Tanya.impactfully on Instagram. Hope to talk to you soon. Have a beautiful week. Love you.